0: Hello and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast
1: for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon.
0: I'm Jesse Pepper and I'm Being Boss.
1: Today we're talking to Jesse Pepper about being a multi passionate creative and what it takes to bring a passion project into fruition. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club.
0: All right, you guys, imagine this. You're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects. You're prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer, small business owner, boss who's wearing all the hats. Challenging, yes, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. So to meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can set up online payments and with just a couple of clicks, get paid up to four-day faster. And you can see when your client has seen your invoice, putting an end to all the guessing games. Freshbooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to our listeners to claim it just go to freshbooks.com being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section?
1: Jessie is a lifestyle expert, on-air host, and the founder of a dress design called Season. She lives in Long Beach, California, where life currently revolves around her hilarious husband, their sidekick, Sadie, and an ever-growing number of tabs on her internet browser.
0: All right, let's jump right in. Jessie, we're so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me, guys. I am super excited about what you have up your sleeve right now, which we will share with our listeners. But first, I want to talk about how much shit you've got going on. <laughs> so
1: like... <laughs> Just to dive right in you there. Have,
0: you have a website, which I think everyone knows, which is Style and Pepper. <laughs> Style right? and Pepper. That's like that's like your home base.
2: That's my That's my little internet home. That's a good way to say it. Home base. So that's
0: your home base. And then you have not one, but two podcasts. True. So you've got Marriage is funny,
2: yes. And then the the second podcast, I don't even know if you could call it an official separate podcast. It's we call it a spinoff mini series called The Perfect Wife.
0: I love that you gave yourself a spinoff. Yeah, basically, but <laughs> my no, dream come it's true. Awesome. <laughs> so both of these podcasts are a little bit more personal, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. like where you're really exploring the topics of marriage and being a wife, and then you are coming out with a dress. I am.
2: How random is that? It feels like, oh my gosh, It's it's been quite the journey, but I honestly, as I've been working on it for the past year or so, it just feels like exactly what I meant to do. So we're launching uh, a dress design and the line's called Season, but um it's really not a full line. So I don't even really call it that because it's just one design that I made Myself, basically, about five or six years ago. Actually, I need to figure out the exact date because people always ask, and I I don't quite know. But I, I sort of Frankensteined a couple of my different dresses that I had bought together and made this prototype that I just wore for the last few years until last summer when I decided to start making. Uh, a few more. I really just wanted one for myself in black. <laughs> Cause I had it in, in a pattern. And I was like, I wish I had this dress in black. And I tried to find something just like it. I mean, I, I tried everything. I exhausted all of my like fashion connections to try to figure this out. Um, because I didn't really want, I knew that I could sew myself another one if I needed to, but I just, I was like, I don't got time for that. So I was like, okay, I'll take it to a seamstress and get another one made in black. And then when I started pricing everything out and finding the fabric and everything, I was like, dang, this is a lot of work. And if I'm gonna do one, maybe I'll do a few other colors. And then I had a few friends be like, well make me one. And I thought, okay, so if I'm making ten, why don't I just make a few hundred?
1: (laughs) I love it. So I wanna for everyone who doesn't who isn't familiar with you, I'd love to hear like how you how you got to the dress. Like all the things that you yeah. put together. Tell us like the timeline of your first website, like all sure. the things. How'd you get here?
2: Yeah. So I've been blogging for about um, about almost nine years total. I guess in May. It'll be – or May or June. Um, and only as a full-time business has it been a part of my full-time business for about five years full-time. And so it's always been related to personal style and fashion. I would say over the last few years, I've then started to introduce more um, lifestyle stuff. So fitness, health, um, beauty, all of the things that I love to talk about. Designing a flavorful life is what we talk about. So so that was kind of the foundation for setting up my business. When I started blogging, I was posting outfit photos, both of myself and of other people, and quickly started getting asked to do a lot of personal styling. So I was then doing that on the side in addition to my full-time job, and that was back when we lived in Kansas City. So since then, I launched a personal styling business, really built that from the ground up, and then we moved to New York City. A lot of my clients that I was starting to service were more um, brands, um, and then also ad agencies wanting wardrobe styling for commercials and print ads and all that. So my husband had a great job offer in New York I was like, well I'm already traveling there quite a bit for business so let's do it so we moved there um and we're there for about four years and when we moved back to California about a year and a half ago my business model um you know I've been thinking about this a lot it's my business model I think had quite a few hiccups and I can explain more about that if you're curious but
0: yes please it do. just.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, I think, (laughs) I think it was, it was a combination of a lot of things. I think, um, before my business model was, I had my consulting clients who I was mentoring and helping them with their personal style and their fitness and their health journey and kind of, kind of similar to life coaching, but I never call it that because I'm not a certified life coach. So I would, these people would pay me to mentor them through their personal style journey. And then I would have brands that would hire me to do on air hosting and, um, to post about their products on my blog or social media channels. Um, The on-air hosting stuff I still do, but the sponsored post stuff started to really taper off when we moved to California, and I think it was for a few reasons. One, the market just became so saturated. Two, I don't know if it's because I hit a certain age or if I'd been doing it long enough, but I just immediately felt like so jaded about it all. And Kathleen and I have talked about this off, you know, in real life, I guess, um, a little bit just because we've had a journey of both being in the blog industry for a long time. Um, but then I also realized like, I don't, my life doesn't have the same need to put together these outfits and get dressed and take photos the same way that I did so easily before. And so I just was like, I need something new. And it's funny because that was actually a really, not to like over-dramatize it, which I have a tendency for, but That was like a very dark time for me last summer because I was just, I was distraught. I felt like I had to let my original business die in a way um, in order to make space for something new and it's actually, believe it or not, a complete coincidence how closely that even ties into the word season, which is the name of our dress design, Um, because it was just really clear to me that I was trying to just keep adding new things like, oh, well, you know, maybe I can now do this and this and this and just trying to um, pile it all on didn't work. Um, And it wasn't until I really like let go of everything I had been doing that and not only let go, but then like sat in the emptiness and the sadness of that for a few months before I finally was like, this has been sort of almost sitting here in front of me all along, the dress design. And it's it's kind of funny to me that I never thought to pursue it before. Actually, people would ask me, what do you do for a living? And a lot of times, you know, you have like levels of what you respond to based (laughs) on how how long you want the conversation to go. So sometimes I would just say, oh, I work in fashion. And then the very next question is usually... Oh, are you! A, oh, you're a designer. Everyone would always assume that, and I'd be like, "No." And I have nothing against designers, but I, that was never ever. I didn't go to fashion school. I didn't. I don't sketch. It was never a part of my desire. Um, but again, this like this whole dress thing kind of came about really organically. Um, and when I thought uh, I had nothing else to pursue at the moment, that was when I started writing a lot about. Uh, just my career journey and the things that I want to pursue. And I'm lucky that I had some money saved up. And I'm lucky that I had a little bit more financial flexibility moving out here because believe it or not, I mean, it's so funny. Like we, our life out here feels so much better than our life in New York, but, um, it costs so much less. Really? Yeah. I mean, we live two blocks from – less than two blocks from the beach and um, our rent is – and our place is bigger and our rent is less than what we paid and, um, you know, it's just – it's ridiculous. But it's – so I I had a little bit more financial flexibility and that allowed me to um, take a leap of faith, I guess.
0: Okay. So I think that's the thing that I was really curious about is that you're doing all of these things and – I've known you long enough to know that, like, you cannot box baby in the corner. Like, you're <laughs> not going to box Jesse in the corner. And that's one of the things that I've really admired about you for the past five years, because whenever I was all about expertise, expertise, niche down, niche down, what do you want to be known for? You were like... You cannot box me in. Like, it's a whole lifestyle. It's the whole shebang. And so then seeing the dress on top of it, I just couldn't help but wonder, how do you have the time for all of this? Mm -hmm. But in hearing your story now, it sounds like you did kind of have to let go, not necessarily of blogging, but the business model of blogging. Yeah. And... I'm so impressed with what you're doing with the dress. So I'm super curious to hear about your journey of actually producing the dress, because I think that we all have these ideas of passion projects from, oh, I'd love to write a book of personal essays to design a dress to, um, you know, maybe like monetize a capsule wardrobe. Like these are just Mm -hmm. a few ideas. So how do you actually start to bring, um I don't know, motivation or inspiration and even just the logistics to Ugh. making this a reality?
2: So the logistics are such a bitch. Um, I I definitely like I enjoy the how things work part of life. Um, and so when I was starting off, de- you know, after I decided, OK, I am going to pursue this, when I was starting off on the journey of like, how am I going to get this made? Um, I... Had a lot of fear just because I kept thinking like, just that the the risk seems so much higher because you you're investing capital into the process of actually like producing something, um, and I'm I, we can talk more about this that in a sec. But I'm doing we're doing a Kickstarter, so I had a little bit of grace there in terms of um, not having to plunk down like. $20,000 or more. Um but still the startup costs are for sure still there and I wanted to bootstrap that and so I was literally and still am like taking on air gigs and taking speaking gigs and putting, you know, a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars there and just like putting it straight back into season. So I'm using those other venues to like pay the bills and then fund this the the startup costs of season. Um but yeah, I I remember that when that all started, I was reading The War of Art for the first time. And a lot of times with business books, which I love a lot of them, um, but when they get really buzzy and when everyone's talking about them, that's when I'm like, meh. And... So I read it, I felt like after everyone else did, but I read it last summer and I like
0: journaled my way through it. Um, and, and now like five years later, you telling everyone you have to read this book. Totally.
2: And I'm like, this is why people were saying this before. The same thing happened to me last actually last winter with, or like a year ago, a little bit over a year ago was essentialism. <laughs> and that's one of the ones that like you, you'll hear me say a lot of these things. I'm like, I, I was so resistant to reading essentialism. And then when I read it, I was like, Fuck, this is what I've been needing. Like, this is, this is, this, this was me then deciding that, like, this little garden of Style and Pepper that I'd been trying so hard to build and had been successful in building. I'm so proud of what I built with Style and Pepper and with that part of my business. And I will continue to operate under Style and Pepper as, like, our parent company, as I say. Um, Season is just a branch of that now, but, um, I had to, like, stop um, stop nurturing that, you know, and let it die in a way, which is painful. Like when you put so much blood, sweat and tears into it, but it's funny back to the logistics. When I was reading the war of art, I, I remember so much, you know, he really personifies Stephen Pressfield personifies resistance and fear so much. And that actually helped me because whenever I would come up against something in terms of production where I'm like, Oh, I'm afraid to just like go cold call a bunch of U.S.-based cut-and-sew factories, like, that's scary for someone who's never done that before, doesn't know what it's like, like, doesn't know, you know, I have no idea how this works. I would then, you know, read a chapter of that book sort of accidentally and be like, oh, this is what he's talking about. That fear is what I need to push past, and it's almost like wrestling with, um, this little imaginary person that it's, it's, um, It's just a part of the process and it kind of adds depth to the story in a way. I don't know. I don't mean to like over, you know, um, idealize it, but it was very, very much a part of um, my journey for sure.
1: I love that. I have – so I have this thought in my head. (laughs) I'm going to get out and we can workshop together. It's going to be good. I can Um, tell. Around – Around how creatives especially, we start businesses because we want to do this thing and we have this idea that we want to monetize. And I'm in the middle of this too, which is why I have to like process this out loud. Um And we do the good thing of creating this business model that works, and you do it really well, and then you change your mind. And not even so much that you change your mind, but you grow, and you decide that, sure, you can do this thing, but you could also do something else. And so I feel like over the past couple of years, we've been at the forefront of creative starting online businesses and what that looks like, but I feel the sort of shift in, in most of us who started around the same time kind of being over that first thing that we did and ready to move on to the next thing but having that weight of letting go of the thing we started in order to move Mm. on to the next thing so I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on that sort of thought process
2: it's even a little bit of guilt yeah I have I have a little bit of guilt I'm like you know it's like oh dang you know I, I don't know why I haven't haven't really figured that out yet um I don't know.
0: know. (laughs) So, you know, it's funny for me because it does feel like. it feels cyclical almost, which could probably come back to the idea of seasons. Because as I revealed on our last episode, I'm actually wanting to get back into personal blogging. Yeah, I feel like personal blogging without monetizing is the thing that helped me really process and be present in actively capturing, shaping and sharing my life. And at the same time, You know, uh, it it feels cyclical. At the same time, you know, I had to really put Braid Creative on the back burner to really bring being boss to the point where it is now. I mean, we've, we've been able to monetize it. We've written a book. We are traveling all over the world all the time. And that's taken a lot of energy. But at the same time, whenever I think about Braid Creative and what I created with my sister... I'm so proud of that and thinking about just letting it die, which is it was on the brink, you know, and not that it is because it's super healthy. We get a ton of clients, but there is this thing to putting your energy somewhere and what's going to happen with that. So now I'm even coming back around to Braid and thinking, okay, how can I help my sister and my team over at Braid Creative reinvent this into its next level and grow up and I think the thing with evolving your business is that we're constantly thinking, I notice creative entrepreneurs do this a lot whenever it comes to like going back to a day job. And I put this in air quotes and because the idea of going back, right? So it sounds like it's, yeah, it sounds like you're
2: reverting. It
0: sounds like you're reverting. So whenever I think about going back to Braid Creative, in my mind, I imagine, you know, knocking on my sister's work shed door (laughs) and saying like, hey, can I have my job back? (laughs) But it's more, it's, it's different. I'm coming back to it as a different person and that's going yeah. to evolve the brand in a different way. So I just have to constantly keep in the forefront of my mind that we are always moving forward. Even if something feels like we're going back to an old experience, whether that's a day job or maybe you start consulting at Style and Pepper again in a few months or a few years, it's not going back. It's bringing who you've become to, that original concept, I guess. And I even experience this like in my personal relationships, in my marriage, in my um, relationship with my kiddo, because he's changing all the time. So I think it's just giving our businesses permission
1: to evolve and change and breathe right side along with us. So I agree with that. Then that really makes me think about, so, you know, like whenever we were branding ourselves back in the day for our first business, is like, all right, I'm going to spend the next 25 years doing this thing. So here's my brand. It'll <laughs> stay here forever. I like, I challenge people these days, especially if you're creatives, to build a brand that's a little more flexible. Like definitely say what you mean and know what you're offering right now, but know that the decisions that you're making right now are not going to be the exact same decisions that you are going to hold true for yourself five years from now or 10 years from now. So I think that there almost needs to be this like flexibility and branding these days that needs to hold space for where you're going to be three to five years from now, which I think is really important. And it also makes me really interested to see where we will be in five to 10 years from now. Or will we find the thing that we want to do for 20 years and we're just on the path to get there? Or will we keep evolving to the point that we're all going to have like every piece of medium like living in our like under our umbrellas, we're gonna make things and we're gonna sell things and we're gonna have T V shows and radio shows well, and all the things. Like or yeah, girl, right? Right? <laughs> I think an in, in current company, all three of us are gonna be doing right? all the things. Or 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 <laughs> Jesse, will your dress and your line be it forever? You know, like this yeah, great I question. really look forward to seeing where we all are in a couple of years.
2: Yeah, and actually I love that, that you're kind of verbalizing, taking that into account because um, I hadn't thought of that ever, maybe. Um, I'm very like, I mean, I I loved dreaming about the future, but I I don't think I'd ever thought about it much uh, in terms of like, um, how might my brand change based on what my actual output is until fairly recently, I'm actually, so our branding is being done by a past being boss guest. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, she's been on the show. I'm like, I know her in real life. like so who I, is it? Becky. Becky oh, Simpson. Yeah. I
0: love it. <laughs> Becky's one favorite. favorites. Well, so
2: the reason I bring it up is because I actually, I mean, again, I'm so lucky to be working with so many great friends. We have like, our team is just blowing me away. But Becky um, is dear to me anyways. But her branding questionnaire, I loved so much because she asks really good questions like, what are you going to be bragging about in one year and then in three years and then five years? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I hadn't thought of that with season. I was just like, look, man, I just want to get this dress made so I can wear the color I want. You know what I mean? And so asking that sort of question, whether it's to answering it to someone else or blogging about it or journaling about it or, or even just answering it to yourself, I was like, wow, this is really helpful to me. And, better believe I was dreaming dreaming big and am dreaming big. I mean, I have like really big ideas for this, but one of the things I like about what I'm doing is that it still relates somewhat to the lifestyle um, little like mini empire that I was At one point building with style and power, And that's the
1: thing is that you are the common thread. And so Mm. and we're writing the work chapter in our book right now. And so this (laughs) is like so top of mind for me. This idea of like I think creatives aren't building these exterior businesses. I think we're building life businesses. Mm. These businesses or like we're business modeling our life in a way that we can create whatever. As long as we remain the common thread We should figure out how it makes sense, (laughs) basically. (laughs) That said, though, yeah,
2: so I agree with you. And I think that's how I've kind of operated up until this point. However, one thing I have been thinking about recently kind of by accident was um, the idea of building this new business or this new branch of my business that has a little bit more of an opportunity for an exit strategy. Yeah. Which, again, like everything I've ever done up until this point – not scalable at all. Like truly, I don't have an info product. I don't like, if you hire me, you get me. I do have employees, but it's like, or not employees, but like contract employees, but it's not, you know, they're not delivering what you're paying for. Essentially they're helping me with the back end. And so now with this product, which product based businesses obviously are like, this that's kind of more the point or not the point, but more, um, um, just naturally like that. I I didn't think about it either it, until recently I had someone say um will you sell if like when you build this up and you're and it's going really well and you're going gangbusters and and you want to do something else, what are you going to do? Just sell it. And I was like, "Oh. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like I hadn't even thought of that. It's funny because we actually had a, an interesting situation with Marriage is Funny, our main podcast that we do. Um, we're on a big hiatus right now, so I honestly haven't thought very much about it, um, recently, but when we were going gangbusters on that and during season three and really trying to monetize and figure out what we wanted to do, we were in talks with, um, a company about them and they do have, they have a product and they offer, um, something to, people right in our wheelhouse and it's related to marriage and relationships and communication and all this stuff and so they were like would you ever consider selling so that you guys were the ones basically creating the content is it a vibrator no <laughs> no <laughs> damn actually that would be really fun <laughs> can you imagine we'd be Sorry, able to make all going. the jokes we wanted to oh my god right
1: there would be no <sighs> line at that point i think
2: i know exactly <laughs> So anyway, so it's interesting because it wasn't until I had a, someone ask me that, that I was like,
1: Oh, actually,
2: this, I guess, is one of the things I've done. One of the only things I've really done in the entrepreneurial world that does have less of a connection to me, Jesse. Um, but obviously, I think my personality is infused throughout. And I think luckily I'm going to be able to use my existing platform to hopefully make it. A thing, but um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing to think about.
0: We are constantly being asked how to drive more traffic to websites, how to get more eyes on your work, and I've got just the tool for you. Meet Edgar is a social media scheduling tool that will promote your content for you. So many creatives are writing amazing articles and publishing really great podcasts. And have amazing services, but only promoting it once and never again. Edgar is the solution to that. The more you post directing people to your content, to your e-courses, to your products, the more traffic and eyes you'll have on your work. It's as simple as that. And Edgar is the tool that's going to allow you to work smarter, not harder, when it comes to getting those numbers. Try Edgar for two weeks for free, no credit card required at www.meetedgar.com slash being boss. Okay, so one thing that I really want to point out whenever I'm looking at you creating this dress, which by the way, I love the dress. It's so good. I was fortunate enough to be on your list and fill out a survey and you were like, Talk about the dress that's in your closet. And I talked about my favorite pair of leggings because... I know. I totally knew that was you, by the way. It was an
2: anonymous survey, but I was like, I'm pretty sure this is (laughs) Kathleen.
0: Oh, okay. I I wasn't sure if it was anonymous. It was totally me. It was anonymous, yeah. That's hilarious. So, but then I started seeing peeks of the dress on Instagram and I love the dress, first off. Thank you. But second, I love that dreaming big for season and dreaming big for this brand isn't holding you back from starting small. And a lot of what you're creating kind of reminds me of, I even sent you this in a text. I was like, you're going to be the next DVF, like Ugh. Diane von Furstenberg's rap oh dress. Gosh. And Such she's kind of known for that wrap dress. And her brand has obviously expanded much bigger beyond just the wrap dress. Right. And I also, I tried writing a blog post about this the other day, but I couldn't quite articulate how I love the that Kylie Jenner started with the lip kit. Yeah. Obviously her brand has exploded and watching that has been really cool. How you feel about the Kardashians and the Jenners is another thing altogether. (laughs) But I do love this idea that with unlimited resources, she still started really small. And I don't think it's because, I don't think it was just strategy. I really don't. I think that there was some more um, figuring it out as she went and just, publishing before she was ready at least yeah. my heart hopes that that's the case <laughs> by starting with just the lip kit she and probably so I had just the- had
1: a really expensive business coach that was like no honey just start with one <laughs> yeah
2: but maybe which is hard to do i mean i don't know if it was hard for kylie but for someone like me who um is just creatively stimulated all the time and i mean i i I always want to do all the things, you know that. And I, my enthusiasm gets the best of me and then I bite off more than I can chew. And then I'm like flat out on my back because I am feeling paralyzed from everything that I'm trying to or wanting to do. But so I really appreciate even just the inkling of that comparison is so flattering. And I, I, I would love to be the next... I mean, I don't even know if that's true, if I would love to be the next DVF, but I would love to be someone who inspires and um, is known for creating things like her. And... Um, it's it's true. It was, again, I, I, I mentioned the story of how it kind of came about was a little bit of an accident, but then when I started on the journey, I was like, oh yeah, and then I can do a caftan and we're going to do a pair of pants and we're going to do this. And the one main thing that I know will tie it all together is that I feel really excited about at the moment is using the type of silk that we're using. Um And so it was right now where i'm kind of thinking of going in the future is all kind of related to these like really flowy and multi- and multifunctional silk pieces um but it has been difficult to be like no you're just starting with the one not even just dresses period but like the one dress design. Um, and part of why it works is because it is, you know, it's meant to be multifunctional. And so you really can, it transforms into like, originally it was four ways. And then at the photo shoot, we discovered a fifth way. And then the other day I was like, it actually kind of is more like 10 ways, but so I don't exactly know how the marketing stuff is actually going to end up, but, um, it's, it's that multifunctional flowy, um, um, silhouette that's really important to me and that's kind of what I've built my own personal style around and so I'm trying to like you said really 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 hone in on that one thing and perfect it cuz like this is version 1 but there's so many things about version 1 already that I'm like you know what I bet if I had xyz I could just I could make that one little part just a little bit better um, and so I'm excited to even do version 2 or 3 or and I'm also excited to um get user feedback, like I want to know what people love about it, what people would change about it, um, you know, whether it's like something simple, like the length being different or whatever, or maybe it's something really technologically savvy. I'm very, very, I've always been super into technology across the board, but specifically within the fashion industry, I think it's fascinating what people are doing. One of my total like role models or whatever you want to call it, um, spirit animal, um, is, um, the CEO and founder of Patagonia, Yvonne Schonard. I don't know how you say his last name. Love Patagonia.
0: Love everything about them.
2: I know. They're doing such great things. But just like like learning more about that, his journey, um, and just watching the way that they have um, stayed... Um, not small, but like they've kept their company. I think it's a priority. It seems like for, for him and for the company to stay nimble so that they can respond quickly and efficiently to their customers. And then so that they can also take really great care of anyone else that's a part of the community. Um, and he still owns 100%. So they don't have to, they don't have to deal with investors or stock drama or any of that stuff. And I just love that about them. And like, I, my goal with this for right now is to build something that sustains itself, sustains eventually me. And then eventually, I mean, me slash the team, um, paying great people. And, um, and then maybe eventually then we break out into other, you know, whether it's different pieces or garments or whatever, then great. Maybe it's a physical space. Maybe it's, um, a weekend getaway. I don't know. But um, my goal is to just really stay focused because that is a muscle that I have not really been great at building in my eight years of being a creative entrepreneur. And actually speaking of muscles, Kathleen, you always talk about how closely there can be ties between someone's fitness journey and their career journey. I love that. Specifically creative entrepreneurs, I think resonate a lot. And actually, do you guys listen to the podcast called How We How I Built This or How We Made This?
0: I just saw you post about that. Emily, that's the podcast you should listen to on your road trip. Oh, Emily. What's oh, it called? my gosh. It's called
2: – I think it's How We – let me just pull it up really like fast. Like How it's, It Was Built or How I Built This? Here it is. How I Built This. Okay? Perfect. So it's How I Built This. It's it's done by NPR, so you know it's going to oh, be good. quality. And yeah, and the, the host is darling. And so the episode about Patagonia – and so far they're profiling like all these – Big businesses, which, it, but it's great because they're really taking like a very, to me, what seems like a very personal approach, and I like hearing the stories behind it. But the one with Patagonia was so good, and actually, I thought of you, Kathleen, because he talks about how when he was, he was um, the host asked him a little bit about like profit margins and stocks and investors and all this stuff, and profit margins. I mean, that's a different story, but that's something that I'm dealing with on the daily, and it stresses me out to no end. But I have really strong values, so I'm trying not to. Um, let myself be swayed by something like a dollar sign. But one of the things he said is that there's two kinds of growth. Um, there's there's the kind of growth where you get fatter. And then there's the kind of growth where you get stronger. And I was thinking about that. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like if you're gaining weight, you're either going to be gaining fat or you're going to be gaining muscle. I mean, I guess unless you're gaining water, but um he'd go into that. So let's just use <laughs> we'll the two just examples. into
0: gaining muscle, muscle totally holds more water,
2: obviously, totally. So, but he was talking about, you know, if you can still like a company could obviously take on a ton of investments and like there's tons of tons of ways to grow but like look at it from the perspective of do you, do you want that kind of growth um and is is that going to cause you like for instance with the fat metaphor like you could totally um just like pound down the donuts gain a ton of weight that way but then are you going to be able to walk up the flight of stairs at your house you know or or would you rather gain the weight by doing a bunch of lunges and squats and lifting so that you're actually becoming stronger and i was like Amazing. I mean, he's a genius, but how can I apply this to what I'm working on now? And so I've been thinking about that a ton over the past Mm, few weeks.
1: I like that shit Kathleen and I were talking about this just yesterday
0: (laughs) (laughs) which part the fitness thing no No, just how we grow and how we want to grow and just remaining nimble is super important and as you're talking about this I'm also thinking about Sophia Amoruso who I have mad respect for and just seeing her journey and learning from her mistakes if she would call it a mistake or not of taking on investors and growing too too big in the wrong ways because I think she was super nimble and strong anyway it's probably all working out for her I mean she seems like she's fine but my question before we start to wrap up I would love to know just kind of what a day in the life is like for you these days like how much time are you spending working on your different projects and what kinds of different um, tasks and hats are you wearing to make season come to life Wow,
2: that's a great question. Um, So I'm working on season – right now I'm working on season 100% of my, of my work bandwidth. Um, we took a break from Marriage is Funny around Thanksgiving, and then I cranked out my mini-series that lasted through basically just like the week before Christmas. So when I started the new year, um, I was like, all right, this is it, 100% in. And in terms of day-to-day – which, by the way, like that's been – um a challenge and a gift at the same time in terms of like letting everything else go for just a season. Um cuz we know we do want to get back to the podcast and we will get back to the podcast, but it has to be after our Kickstarter campaign. Um and so we just have said like, look, we'll be back, but just hang on a second. Um that's been really hard, but also it's been kind of beautiful to not feel like I have this other stuff weighing on me when I'm in the midst of kind of my tunnel vision moment with season. So I'm just letting it happen, and it's been great. In terms of my day-to-day, I mean, honestly, like, today's a little bit funky because I had a bunch of, like, appointments and things, but a lot of times, I mean, I'm really big on my morning routine, so I take about two hours to do all of that, and then I start working usually about nine, Um, and then it's a lot of, like, emailing the guy trying to get our um our strap hardware ironed out, and then... Uh, phone calls with our production company in Chicago and, um, trying samples on different friends and meeting up for photo shoots. And, um, we're actually, so we're launching the Kickstarter launches, um, next month. And so everything I've been doing this week has been geared towards that. I actually just brought on two interns, um, which has been exciting. And so a lot of delegation in terms of like having them help me with some of the, um, content marketing that we're putting together. Um, A lot of pitching myself to um, media outlets, which also really fortunately ends up being many friends since that's kind of the space that I was in before was like the fashion digital media space. Um, But I feel like I'm constantly um, just really trying to be intentional about my day. And it's worked out pretty well so far as long as I... As long as I stay on top of it and and stay organized. And honestly, like, that's another thing. The freedom from doing all of the other stuff that I had historically been doing is clearing up so much mental space for me. Like, I honestly, I feel like I'm like witnessing when I'm talking about it because it's just, it's changed my life. And I'm like, if you haven't read Essentialism, roll your eyes in, in you know, roll your eyes because I'm blabbing about it and then go read the book because it's really good. Um it's been a huge game changer for me.
1: I love that. Whenever you can focus. Whenever you can focus, guys, seriously. And not even. Then try try. Yeah. Right? It's, things will change for you. But also, I think there's mm-hmm. so much to be said about that prioritization. Like knowing what it is that you're doing in this moment and knowing what, like you mentioned, like going intentionally about your day, which comes from knowing what are the most important tasks, what's going to make the biggest impact, what needs to be moved out of the way so I can move the other things. That's how you get shit done. Yeah.
2: And one other thing I was thinking about actually the other day, back to um, Yvonne. Yvonne, I think that's his name, the Patagonia guy. Um, It's funny because I was. he said he told a story and I was actually applying it to my life in terms of personal style, but I actually really think what we're talking about right now is making me realize it's, it's, it could be implied to, to your work. And he was talking about how he, for an entire year, you know, he's into all the outdoor sports. For an entire year, he decided to do all his fly fishing with just one fly, one little like tool fly doohickey thing. And I'm not a big fly fisher, so I don't know what that would be like, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, he talked about how instead of like viewing that as some sort of, um I think he even used the word impoverished. Like instead of letting him feel like, oh woe is me, I only have this one fly to use. Um, he actually instead he tried to focus on being so good with that one fly. So that instead of constantly having to rely on the entire toolbox, he was he was like, Look, I can fit this fly in my pocket, you know, and it comes with me and I can I can be an expert at it and all these things. Like and so he was talking about the fly and how that um has applied to um, his journey at Patagonia, I was originally thinking like, oh, maybe, maybe this, cause I've always said that having creative restrictions on yourself is where you can see so much growth. And, and I've experienced that in my personal style in terms of, um, limiting my shopping in certain ways or just even challenging myself to live out of a suitcase for longer periods of time because of our travels and stuff. Um, and I actually, I love those moments where I'm like, oh, this is like a puzzle. It's like a riddle or a word. You know, it, it's just, it, it's something for me to figure out. And I like figuring stuff out, especially when it's playing dress up. So with with our dresses, I'm like, maybe not only is the actual physical dress my fly. I'm doing a 30-day challenge right now where it's the only thing I'm wearing for the next 30 days. Which I, I love. Right now. Um, It's been really fun. But it's funny because I'm using it as my literal fly. But then I'm also pursuing season as my fly for this this time of my career because I, I've had to say like, no, n- get over the woe is me feelings of giving up the other parts of my business that I really enjoyed and just figure out ways to apply them to season. And so if I love – still talking with women how can i find interns that want to be mentored or if i love still being on air how can i turn my insta stories and my youtube channel into something that like makes people want to watch and i still get to do my hosting and and it still applies to it but um that that story like really hit home for me and i i didn't realize until now that i love it could be applied to our career as well
0: and i love that in the idea that you have this one fly which is either the business or the actual dress you've actually uncovered that you have a lot more tools in your tool belt than just the fly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I want to know what makes you feel most boss?
2: <laughs> um, It's funny. I was like zipping around flustered and rushed earlier. And I was thinking about you guys because I knew we were going to chat. And I was like, I remember thinking, I don't I don't feel boss right now. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, okay. And I really – I wasn't rushed. Like it was an hour before we started. So I really had more of a buffer of time than I was giving myself in my head. But I thought, okay, calm down. Go get dressed. Get your makeup done – or not get your makeup Get your makeup on, you know, which to me is not a lot. I don't do a ton. But I was like, just get ready and then then start on what you need to get done before you hop on the call with the girls. And I – I, honestly, I notice such a difference for myself um, when I take the time to put together, even if it's just putting on a clean pair of leggings and like a minorly cuter t-shirt than I had on five minutes before. I mean, it can be so small, but those things for me help me feel so much more boss. And you guys had an actually, you had a great blog post on being um, beingboss.club. I can't think of the name of the girl, the author, but she was writing about lipstick and how.
0: Yes, I think that was Jessica Willingham. Yes. It was, it was we Jessica Willingham. were talking Willingham. about like beauty being boss.
2: Yeah, and I retweeted that because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. It totally resonated with me. And I think, so when I take care of myself and when I feel put together, which often means having a cute outfit or my hair or my makeup on, I feel really boss. It sounds trite and it sounds frivolous, but I, I'm such a firm believer that the the confidence that comes from looking good on the outside has such a huge impact on how we feel on the inside. And so I just, I will never apologize or back down from that. Good. Preach
0: it. So, Jesse, where can our listeners find more and get the dress and follow along on your creative journey?
2: Yeah. So our website is seasoneveryday.com. And we're on Twitter, Season Every Day. And then Instagram, which we're having a lot of fun with Instagram right now. It's season.everyday. And actually, um, I'm posting a lot of stories over there, a lot of ways to wear the dress. And it's been a ton of fun. And I'm also everywhere at Style and Pepper
1: too. Awesome. Thanks Thanks so much for
2: joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. This is a dream. You're awesome.
0: This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss. And special shout out to Meet Edgar. You can try them at meetedgar.com slash being boss. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find articles, show notes, and downloads at www.beingboss.club.
1: If you're a creative entrepreneur, freelancer, or small business owner who is ready to take your goals to the next level, check out the Being Boss Clubhouse, a two day online retreat followed by a year of community support, monthly masterclasses, book club, secret episodes, and optional in person retreats. Find more at www.beingboss.clubslash clubhouse.